It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Spring training is almost here, which means Cactus League action is forthcoming. And if you're planning to get out to Arizona to watch the Reds and any and all other Cactus League teams, the best way to get out there is visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans because you've got 10 stadiums with 15 major league teams all within a 50-mile radius of Greater Phoenix. So you can get to everything. And on top of that, you've got awesome landscapes. I mean, Arizona's known for its outdoor adventures and national parks, lots of great places to explore. But when it comes to the game, I mean, spring training, everyone is so laid back. You can meet your favorite players, get some autographs, and then enjoy some baseball in some nice warm weather. If you're like me and you live in the tri-state area right now, you're freezing your bunions off, head out to Arizona, warm up, and watch some Reds baseball. Best way to do that, visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Go there and book your spring training excursion today. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What's happening, Reds fans? Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. Today is Thursday. Today, we finish up the conversation with Kareem Algazar. Yesterday, if you missed part one, talked a lot about his job and being a good sports photographer, everything that goes into that. Even talked about who the most photogenic Red was. Hope you didn't miss that part. Today, we're looking a lot more at Red's stuff. He went to Goodyear for a couple of weeks. So I get his take on the vibe in spring training and what he is expecting this season. He's expecting good things, by the way. But without spoiling too much into it, we're going to get into all of that here in just a moment. But before we do, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Follow me on Twitter 
at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also, save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159 for reactions, comments, questions, whatever you've got there on the Locked On Reds line or on Twitter. So let's finish up this conversation with Kareem. I, we start off with talking a bit more photography and then we jump into some Reds talk. We kind of touched on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if you want to go, and I know, I forget who it was that had the picture from high up. Maybe it was you that had the picture from high up at Great American. But what what's your favorite spot? I know you mentioned the inside first base mm-hmm. is the best for a game action mm-hmm. and stuff. Is that your favorite spot for the entire game? Um, that's generally where I, that's my generally my favorite spot. I mean, okay. you can get some really nice wide angle pictures from there, especially when it's in that uh, beginning of that sunset time into twilight. That makes sense. Um, I really like, I mean, I like shooting sunset time, but I really do enjoy shooting at the twilight. Right after sunset. Okay. The sky is a deep blue, um, and there's still a little ambient light from the sun, and then you still have the stadium lights, and you can really get some nice, artistic, creative, pretty pictures from that inside first position. Um, I do like going up. Um, and shooting down. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, in my opinion, it's a little easier. Sure. Um, and, and in terms of like the your reaction time, um, but also it produces backgrounds that are not so busy. You just have all nice green grass as a background, and your subject in focus. Okay. And it makes it easy on the eyes. So I, I think uh, uh, you know our readers and subscribers really enjoy those pictures as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I got I got a pretty decent one, but it just iPhone, but mm-hmm. the Pano sitting up high. That's like the one thing I I tend to like to send down the lower bowls for the games and stuff. But if I want to get that one picture that I'm like, all right, this is the thing that I remember for the year. Sitting up high is the way to go. Yeah, and when you get a nice wide angle shot from up high with a full stadium, hopefully there'll be a lot of butts in the seats this year. Hopefully, um, we can. Um, you can make a really nice picture from up high. So that's a great segue, too. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's jump into that. Mm-hmm. You were out of spring training. You got to spend some time with the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a ton of great moves. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone. And I think it, it, the excitement kind of ratcheted up just a little bit with each move. And then once Nicholas Castellanos came, it was like, boom, all cylinders go. Um, is that the same? Never mind, I just confused myself. Um, <laughs> uh, what, what's your take? What was the vibe in Goodyear? And let's start with that. What was the vibe in Goodyear? The vibe in Goodyear, again, this is my sixth spring training. And the last two spring trainings under David Bell, the vibe is loose. Always been loose. This is a new school managerial approach, new school front office approach. Yeah. Completely. Analytics-based, rest don't push you guys too hard. Um, they truncated spring training a lot. They're the last team to uh, start position players for workouts. Okay. Um, so the mood and the vibe is very loose. Um, I think even among the players, there's a lot of excitement because you know the people you know talk about and the media also talk about the the press talk about the Nicholas Castiano signing. For me, the secret sauce is Mike Mustakas. Yes. He's the secret sauce um, because if if he can bat in the middle of that lineup, let's say clean up and protect Suarez, who in turn protects Votto, look out. Yeah. Um, 
So one thing I found about Moustakas is that he is talking with everybody. He's talking with Barry Larkin, talking about infielding. He was talking with the other players. He's he's I think he's quickly developed a connection actually with Joey and and and, and Gino. Okay. Um, uh, Castellanos is a good teammate. My in my my observations, um, he's an intense guy, and he can be misunderstood. I think if you're just superficially observing him, mm-hmm. not having discussions with him, if you're just watching him, I think he can be easily mis- misunderstood to be uh, standoffish or um, cold. Okay. But when I'm observing him with his teammates, he's a good teammate. He's encouraging his teammates. Um, again, I was there for about two weeks. Spring training is pretty long, but in the in the two weeks I was there, I and mainly because Castellanos was, was in a different hitting group than um, Vado, mm-hmm. I didn't really see those two interact that much. But it was still just the beginning of spring training. Um, but Mustakas and and Vado and Gino are all kind of um, interacting with each other, and, and I think the there's they they understand the expectations because you know medium and small market teams windows open and close right. Um, and so I think the Reds saw a window opening with the pitching staff and with their existing players, and they went added, not one, not two, not three. They added multiple players. Right. And so when you do that, the existing players like Bado and Suarez really have an understanding that okay, this the window's opening, and we got about two or three seasons here when we can do some damage. And I think they're really uh, they understand that 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 that's important to understand as a medium small and medium market team. And I think it's really cool too that they added Miley. They looked at they looked at their pitching staff and was like, we we have a really good pitching staff. This is the strength. Let's make our strength stronger with Miley and then Pedro Strope as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you. The Musaka signing, I think, because. It happened before Reds Fest. People almost think of Mustakis as a guy who's always been here. Almost, you know, it's like it's like oh, he's been here for so long. Right. He's still brand new, but he. I, I appreciate the fact that a it happened before Reds Fest, so it got everybody excited at Reds Fest, and b he came to Reds Fest and he was mingling, he was talking, he was shaking hands. I don't know if he kissed babies. <laughs> He's the kind of guy that would kiss babies. I, I can yeah. see that. I Seems see like it. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> signing autographs. He's always, he was always signing autographs in spring training. Nice. And, and I think I, I'm with you because it seems like he's a dude. And, and they've said, you know, he's playing second base. But I feel like if there was a situation where maybe they shuffle, they got somebody and they end up shuffling the infield around a little bit, he wouldn't have a problem with it. No, you're absolutely right. I think he would. That's the, the based on my observations of him and the way he's been with the, with his new teammates. He's a very nice, humble guy, and I and I think that he knows he's a big bat, and he knows he's a big signing. But you know, he walks around; he's quiet, but he walks around with a big stick. Yeah, and he knows it. Um, and I think he knows that he is again the secret sauce. Yeah. Um, and uh, Shogo, if he can, if he can be a true leadoff hitter. That's. I mean, how how long have we been talking about the Reds doing that? Since Chu, since, at least. I was gonna say since Chu. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, we thought maybe you got had one in Drew Stubbs. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's how oh, far. Drew. Right. That's how yeah. far back the Reds have been talking about a a, a legit leadoff hitter. Um, so if he if 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 Shogo can be a leadoff hitter and Votto does, we don't need MVP Votto. Right. 
You need you need get on base, bat 300, 25 home run Vada. Suarez, Mustakas, Castellanos. I mean, you know, that that to me is a lineup that doesn't really have much weakness if so long as they play all to their potential. Right. And then you can you can cover it cuz people are always worried about the like well, we came into this offseason thinking we need to upgrade catcher and shortstop, and we didn't upgrade catcher and shortstop. But with the upgrades that they brought in, I think, like you said, if they fall into line the way that they should on paper in the back of their baseball cards, then it's going to cover up the whole thing about, you know, well, Galvis isn't Francisco Lindor, and Tucker Barnhart's not Yasmani Grandal, but they're also not bad either. No, man, I mean, they're, they're pros. Yeah. Galvis is an everyday player. He's played every day for he's he's played 140 games, 145 games multiple times in his career. Right. Tucker Barnhart and Kirk Casale. Kirk Casale. Yeah, yeah, Kirk Casale is the definition of a guy with some pop. As with, as the same with Galvis. Yep. The guy's got a little pop. Um, Barnhart is a tremendous defensive catcher, and I think also one thing that you know, yeah, people realize this, but the catcher has a lot to do with the pitching staff. Yes. And yep. Barnhart. In terms of continuity, he's worked with Castillo. He's worked with Isclafani. He's he's building. He needs to build a rapport right. with the new pitchers, and that is something that's a value that's intangible when, as opposed to looking at the back of a baseball card. Right. So you have a strong defensive starting catcher who is building rapport and has built rapport with the starting rotation. And baseball is pitching. That's most of the game is right. pitching. Um, that's why he carries so many pitchers. And then you got a, another catcher behind him who's got a strong back, got some pop, really nice uh, lineup, you know, in, in terms of uh, offensive potential. You're right. I think, um, you know, sure, you didn't necessarily upgrade in those two positions, but we upgraded elsewhere and you have strong, solid um, starters in, at shortstop and catcher. Um, now, I'm kind of transitioning into another hypothetical situation. Okay. Um, I just just I was just thinking in spring training like okay this team you know picked to win the central yeah it's a good team let's say and there's all this off season talk about Lindor in the off season or whatever what happens if not only are the Reds leading the central at the trade deadline and are considered and are a playoff team legitimately right but then the conversation takes up another step and there there's talk of World Series contention what do you do then? We, talk, we just talked about how medium and small market teams have windows of opportunity. Yep. You know, this window will close. It's you got to take it. Exactly. That's what, this is what I'm thinking. We're not, you know, the Reds aren't the Dodgers or the Red Sox or the big market teams where the window is always open. Right? Right. What do you do? Speaking of the Dodgers, if you're at, if you're at the trade deadline and you're sitting in first place, not 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 to completely forget about the Cardinals and the Cubs, but I think your focus changes from those guys to the Dodgers. Right. And in that case, you probably have to get Lindor. Absolutely. <laughs> the Dodgers are amazing. And they're going to get Mookie but, Betts and David Price for like next to nothing. This is what I'm saying. Come the on. Dodgers are like right now, even with even if the Reds are a 95-win team, right. the Dodgers are still head and shoulders ahead of them. Yep. Their pitching staff – I'm speechless because they have a, a tremendous roster. Yep. So then, like you said, to your point, you're thinking, okay, well, we're you know we're on pace for 95 wins, but this team still ain't going to beat the Dodgers. Right. We're probably if you want if we're going to go for it, do you? 
I don't want to say this might sound a little drastic, but you don't want to mortgage the franchise and give away, you know, Senzel and Hunter Green. But what do you, I mean, you got to think about it. Because again, the Reds aren't the Yankees, aren't the Dodgers, aren't the Cubs even, where the window's always open. Right. You know, we have, the Reds have a two to three year window. If you're in the trade deadline, you're on pace for 90, 95 wins. You might, then I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled the trigger. I, I, I hope so because they have really surprised me over the last two off seasons. I know it, it all started whenever they had the, you know, if you, you want to call it, I've been calling it the mandate of hashtag get the pitching mm-hmm. 2018. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been calling it, everyone's been calling it. But um, <laughs> duh, I don't know why I said that. Uh, <laughs> but, and whenever they said that, you're like, oh, let's get the pitch, and they're going to like sign like Mike Fires right. or some guy whose arm is falling off or something. <laughs> and then like they go and they get yeah. some big dudes, and you're like, okay. And then they say, hashtag get the hitting, and you're like, let's see what this means. And then they go and they get like three of the top 15 guys on the market. And so it's super exciting to think that even at this trade deadline, the prospect of dream for Francisco Lindor is not a pipe dream. It's right. not a... Well, you shoot for the moon and you and you land in the stars if you miss or something like right, that. It's, right. it's not outrageous. This is the yeah. All right. It's a possibility. But they. But what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to emphasize this, this point. They're not. They don't only have to be in first. Right. They have to be in the discussion for series contender. Yes. Because even if they're in first place and they're a few games ahead of you know the Cardinals or whatever, and you're yeah you're a playoff team, but you're ways away from being in the series contention. I don't think they're gonna. They're going to mortgage a franchise or anything like that no, and get yeah, Lindor yeah. or something like that. But if they're, like, hot and they're on pace for 95 wins or something like that, they're, they're I, if I was Dick Williams, I would pull the trigger. Yeah. Because, I mean, windows open and close for these teams. And that's been the best kind of unsung part about this offseason of adding through free agency is that they've added all these people and the farm system's untouched. Mm-hmm. And they can still grow. they got Kyle Bodie coming in to – get the pitchers going they've got a one unified organizational thing which I, I it's awesome I'm pumped up whenever they made that announcement you know they got Alan Zenter and they got Derek Johnson and they're pushing it throughout all levels of the minor leagues it kind of struck me I'm like okay why weren't we always doing that but hey right, whatever, know, whatever. we can't do anything about the past <laughs> past is the past we're in the all future right. Right. Uh, I'm excited though yeah I, I can't wait man and you're not you're not only Many Reds fans. Yes, There's a yes. lot of excitement. You're not the only one. <laughs> so, uh, Kareem, I really appreciate you coming in, man. No, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to do this again. Yeah, absolutely. Time. Anytime during the season, you know, if you want to talk talk Reds, talk photography, talk photojournalism, you know, talk the news media business, I'm happy to. Heck yeah. He is Kareem Elgazar, and his Twitter handle is at, is it just K Elgazar? Or? It's at Elgazar Boulevard. Elgazar Boulevard. And it's uh, E-L-G-A-Z-Z-A-R-B-L-V-D. He gets all kinds of awesome pictures on Twitter. Also, if you don't, subscribe to The Inquirer because then you can see all of his pictures anyway and some great journalism by Bobby Nightingale. We've had him on the show, different things like that. Well worth it. Appreciate it. And I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Definitely going to have to have Kareem back on the podcast sometime here soon. He was a lot of fun to talk to. But that's going to do it for us here on this Thursday, look out today. Nick Senzel is back in the starting lineup. He's going to start at designated hitter for the Reds in today's Cactus League game as they go up against the Milwaukee Brewers. And Luis Castillo is slated 
to tow the rubber for the Reds. Going to be an interesting spring training game for us here today. We'll talk about it all tomorrow on the show. Also, Speaking of Nick Senzel, he ended up winning the poll. I had a poll at Lockdown Reds on Twitter talking about who does everyone think should be the second best outfielder, given that we probably think Castellanos would be the first. Nick Senzel got 40% of the vote. Right behind him was Shogo with 31%, and then Winker had 26%. Really shows that uh, we all kind of agree. It's a pretty tight-knit group, and it won't surprise any of us if one of those three guys does it. It's going to be a fun year for this team. And Senzel, hey, he's back today. We'll talk about that and more on tomorrow's episode of the Lockdown Reds Podcast. also have another edition of Reds Killer of the Day tomorrow as well. And to make sure that you get that episode, subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds. But that'll do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. You guys have a good day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.